May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. This is the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz, author of the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain. I have been a doctor for over 26 years. I am a pediatrician and internal medicine doctor, which is a doctor for adults, a clinical lipidologist, as well as a lifestyle medicine physician. My goal is to help inform, inspire, and equip those who are struggling with fibromyalgia. This is meant for those who have fibromyalgia, their loved ones and medical doctors, or others in healthcare to grow in their understanding. This podcast, as with the book, are meant for educational purposes only. Make sure all your signs and symptoms are discussed with your own personal medical physician. On this week's episode, we will continue the conversation with Adam as he discusses his journey going from a chronic Lyme diagnosis to fibromyalgia and his recovery. Here are some of what you can look forward to on this week's episode. You reminded me of of a very key part of this story, which is, first of all, over all the doctors I saw, never once, and I saw, I'd say 40, 50 doctors maybe, no one ever mentioned the word fibromyalgia, except for one. I had listened to, I had, by the time I saw you, I had read your entire book and I had listened to every one of your podcasts. I had devoured all the information, came in to see you. You don't want to say, it's almost like you feel like you're in a battle with something that's going to get more irritated. So you just, okay, I'm feeling a bit better. It's all right, I'm just going to be a minute, ride this out. And I got up one morning and I was already, Aaron knew I said I was much, much better. But I just told her, I'm better. Like I'm done. Like I'm better. And now on to this week's episode. And it was when I was at the gym, the first day I was there, I was looking at fibromyalgia podcast and I saw conquering your fibromyalgia with you. And I listened, I'll be honest, I'm never someone that listens to anything in order. Like I look for something that looks similar. And, I, and the first ones I started to look at, I think you were talking about like one of them where you're going into the symptoms of fibro and a couple of the stories that you had. And I called Erin, which is my wife from the parking lot of the gym. At 10 o'clock at night. And I called her and I said, I just listened to this podcast. And then I just done research. I couldn't believe that you were in the same state as me. 15 minutes from me. And it was completely random that I came across. And it was actually, I got to give credit. It was Erin that came across a podcast that was similar that she sent me. And yours came up and yours is the one. I. So it was really Erin, my wife. And I listened. I said, Erin, I'm going to see this guy. It was about 10 o'clock at night. And I called him up the message for your office. Like, from the parking lot at the gym. And it was, I think it was probably at the time where you could get in to see you a little sooner. I think I've sent a couple of people your way. And if it wasn't for me following you, I don't think they'd get to see you for a year. So I was like maybe six or eight weeks to see you. And I got in and that's what, I mean, and maybe that's a good place for you to ask any questions about what I just said, because then that led into you treating me. And I think just to summarize 
your story and I like how you put it together. One of my first episodes I do on the podcast was write down your story for everybody that's listening. One of the things that we've just done here, and there's parts of your story that I didn't get a chance to hear everything because there's only so much time. One of the things I've heard from what you're sharing and also what I've researched in the Lyme literate arena is that they do take time, at least initially, to take a history and hear your story. Is that fair to say? Yes, they do. Absolutely. They do. And they're very, everybody that I saw, at least for the most part, was extremely compassionate and empathetic. And I believe invested in me getting better. I know there are certain people out there that you go see and you read the stories, maybe where it's not on the up and up. But I don't, I never found that. I just found that it it, it didn't work. I would say they did listen to my story. And often when you go to a traditional medical doctor, they're not spending the time or they start hearing the symptoms and all the other specialists you've already seen looking at the normal MRIs, scanning all the other normal blood work and get a glossy eye look to them that, oh, what's wrong with you? Just like the neurologist, probably you got referred to probably by your primary doctor at the time because they didn't know what else to do with you. So, well, we'll just punt you down the road. You have these weird tingling, burning hands, achy sort of thing. Maybe it's MS and they're saying, I don't know why you're here, which isn't the most empathetic thing, a nicer thing for all the doctors in training. So you're going through a lot of things. I'm going to do a careful exam and a history. And here's what I would think of for MS. Now, the good news is you don't have this. In a perfect world, they might have said, let me take a widespread pain index, symptom severity score. Let's look at your labs and at least say you have symptoms that fit the criteria for fibromyalgia. And hopefully for physicians and medical providers talking that they're open to that because that can save a lot of hardship in more than one way. Yeah. You just reminded me of something. You reminded me of, of a very key part of this story, which is, first of all, over all the doctors I saw, Never once. And I saw, I'd say 40, 50 doctors, maybe. No one ever mentioned the word fibromyalgia, except for one. And definitely need to mention him because my father, I had hurt my back, not bad, but it was bothering me. And I was like, my dad, very connected in the medical community, said, listen, I've got a physiatrist. He's an MD, but he works also in lifestyle and natural medicine. I want you to go see him because, you know, maybe you don't want to start with a steroid shot. They do like a holistic one or he has some things he could check out. And I really liked him. He was a great doctor. He had a clinic outside of Chicago, one up in Indiana. He traveled all over. He was young, great. And he took a look at me, Dr. Lenz, and basically where I was hurting, what I was doing. And he goes, Adam, you have fibromyalgia. First time I ever heard it. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, no, you have fibromyalgia. He's like, no one's ever said that to you? I was like, no. He's the way that you're having pain and how you're having pain. I'm 80% sure that you have it. It was interesting. He was that, that, that was when I started to research it like that day. And I didn't know much about it. And it's also, it's just as when you first hear about fibromyalgia, it's just as daunting when you start to look into it initially as Lyme, just totally different. I'd already gone down this. Well, can, can Lyme get better? Can Lyme not get better? No, maybe. Yeah. Depending on you talk to, then you just start to open up fibromyalgia can you get better from fibromyalgia? No. And initially what you look at, right? It was like, oh man, what is this? And that's what started to get me thinking about it. started to get me to listen to the podcast. And that's what led me to you. 
And yes, you actually listen. And you said that though on, you mentioned that you say that on your podcast where you actually write down what you eat, you said for a few days or whatever that was. So when you come in, you have an idea of your diet. So you had an idea what people eat and what the story was. And that was nice. And I, I remember on your podcast, I can't remember exactly what it was, what you say when you first meet people about yourself. My name is Dr. Lenz and about how you listen and all that. And it's exactly the, again, there's more to my story than you have time to tell anybody even now, but you definitely did listen. And I think that was a commonality when in Western medicine, as a matter of fact, I tried to go to Mayo Clinic. They asked me what I thought I had. I said Lyme and they sent me a form rejection letter immediately. Cut off the conversation and just said, you can't come here. That was like 2015. And unfortunately, that leaves the pathways into Lyme literate, especially if you're getting that diagnosis, that those are the only ones who treat. I've heard that with our local academic center, too, where if somebody says, oh, I have this chronic Lyme or other thing, they don't want to treat you. And that leaves people very frustrated, desperate. Yes. And there's a podcast, I talk about the power of education, but the power of misinformation also can be equally negative for having good information, whether in the book or the podcast, learning about fibromyalgia can help reduce symptoms, just knowing, and that I think is related to the fear, not knowing, not having good explanations can actually enhance it. I had a recent patient of mine who has adopted a plant-based diet. He has long-haul COVID. He has been diagnosed with sleep apnea. We talked earlier in the podcast. And he's lost a lot of weight. He's doing much better than he was when I first saw him. And he's lost 25 pounds. But like many people, he has a real hard time tolerating CPAP. But now he's afraid that if he doesn't keep the CPAP on, he's going to be like Reggie White. For those of you who don't know Reggie White, he had sleep apnea. The night he died, he was not wearing a CPAP. So you have this instilled, you need to wear this, you could die, you could go into a heart rhythm problem and potentially even die. And Reggie White played for the Packers years ago and retired, and there's a sleep foundation in his honor. So you have that information, now he's afraid. Now the good news is, there's a decent chance he may not even have significant sleep apnea because he's lost 25 pounds by eating healthy, losing weight, right. and may not even need it. And we had that conversation. So that fear is similar to the fear you had of what is going on. And there was a lot of fear. And I think that you mentioned that emotional stress, there often is in the background, retrospectively, some stress. And not to minimize to say that all of these symptoms aren't real and, oh, you're just stressed, you're going through a lot. But that is a common theme that a lot of people have who have a lot of these symptoms that the attribution, one person may look at the symptoms, say you have this chronic Lyme that isn't necessarily have the best evidence to support that, but you have symptoms and likely that you did have pretty bad viral type infection that activated your immune system and triggered similar to long haul COVID or getting even bad infections. Bad pneumonia can be a trigger and you can have traumatic triggers like whiplash where somebody can heal quickly, maybe in a week or two. And other people who have a nervous system that's more prone in the wrong setting 
more primed to catch it. Then you get hit with this and then the uncertainty, and then it can cause this downward spiral. And without knowing it, you stop being active. Maybe you knew you were less active, but didn't even know that had a factor. One of the things that I try to say is to pace yourself, but try not to drop too low. And we're going to try to give medications if you need to help limit your nervous system and hypersensitivity to help get through some of those. But you went through mental, emotional, physical pain without the right diagnosis for a long time. There was also financial outlay yeah. that you had by what sounds like well-meaning doctors, but not necessarily evidence-based, not necessarily covered by insurance. And then you heard the podcast and we got a chance to connect and get your story. What do you recall from our first visit? And of course you knew some already with the podcast. Yeah. I had listened to, I, by the time I saw you, I had read your entire book and I had listened to every one of your podcasts, which again, going back to the personality that I have. Right. So I had devoured all the information came in to see you. You heard my story and we did the score, right? You went through the process to figure out what my fibromyalgia score would be. I think I was 47 the first time we did it, which was in the moderate moderate area, but really things were bothering me. We also did an ADHD test and I'm a pretty smart individual. I've got a job that's got a lot of responsibilities, but people would always joke with me that I had ADHD. (laughs) They would say, and I had always thought it was a real negative. But again, I'd listen to your podcast now before I saw you. And I'd listen to the one doctor, what's his name? Dotson, adult ADHD. And I, by the way, that stopped me in my tracks. There's a couple things on that. And we don't have to go down that whole rabbit hole. But wow, I was like, holy cow, we did that test. And I think I scored very, yeah, in the check the box, Adam, you have this. And we started down the path of working on that with me. So I've already was a plant-based diet. I was exercising, tried a bunch of different stuff, plus the ADHD stuff that we were doing. And the mindset was a big thing for me. Like I felt really comfortable knowing that I was in the right spot. And that was when I first saw you. I think the second time I came to you, I was a 43 in that slightly better. I think the last time I came to you, I was a five or maybe a two. So I was able to, I think, make some really good and rapid progress. I really felt like one of the things that the ADHD helped me with was and they say that it helps you focus, but I also think one of the commonalities with folks with ADHD is the stuff that you're really interested in to your laser focused on. I was really interested in what was wrong with me versus saying, thinking about the things that were right with me, right? And the progress that I was making and starting to concentrate on that. And that became much easier once I started down that ADHD path. And those things working together, I made really rapid progress to the point where it's pretty funny about a month ago. Aaron and I were having coffee in the morning. And you want to hear something interesting. I think anyone that's listening to this that has had chronic, what they thought was Lyme or whatever, you get worried about even jinxing anything. You get worried about even saying out loud that you're feeling better because you don't want to jinx it. You don't want to say, it's almost like you feel like you're in a battle with something that's going to get more irritated so you just, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. It's all right. I'm just going to be, I'm going to ride this out. And I got up one morning and I was already, Aaron knew it, that I was much, much better. But I just told her I'm better. Like I'm done. Like I'm better. Like this is something I will deal with. There's going to be, as I move through this, I've noticed that there are those tidal waves that moved into 10 foot waves. There's now, maybe there's a little rough seas for a couple of days here and there, 
but I, I know what it is and it's less and it's better and better. And that was a big thing for me. Our summer, the summer was fantastic with not really worrying about sounds crazy, but am I dying? Right. That's like what people don't say out loud, but what is on everybody's mind? Wait a minute. I have kids. Am I dying? Why do I feel like this and nobody else is? Why does somebody else get to feel normal and I don't? And that part about it is a dominating factor in this process for people. And when you can let that go, because you're making real progress, because to your point, you have made it in this particular conversation, but a million times I've heard you say, the pain's real, right? The things that are coming up are real, but you can get past them. I'm a living, breathing example of that. And I would also say that the body is such a, when you talk about Lyme or whether it's fibro, whether it's a viral or whatever it is, and going through emotional trauma, like you said, I did, which I really did. The body's amazing. You always talk about, everybody talks about how like, it's just this machine that with trillions of cells and things in your body working together. I think sometimes you can get that out of rhythm and you can get out of balance. And who's to say what makes that happen? And who's to say some of these things aren't all interwoven and connected? It's not at the end of the day, my balance, my like the atmosphere that I live in within my body, like my culture within my systems, we're off big time. And I didn't know how to get it back on the train track. And it was, it might've been the emotional thing that started it. And then I caught maybe a fever, but whatever it was, I got super out of balance. And I think when I was listening to you, many times, I think that might be the key is that there isn't one answer, except that everybody's body is so complicated and different. It's about trying to figure out how to get yourself back in balance. And before you had seen me, you started to recognize with some research you had that maybe how my brain is listening to my body and things may be skewed some. And yes. And so Part of that, and I've heard that before, Dr. Sarna, who's done some work in this and understanding how we perceive that. I've talked to people where that mindset, which is a tricky thing when I'm big into semantics, because the tricky thing then is you're just saying it's in my head and I can just quickly snap out of it. It's not exactly, but the idea that maybe my perception of things may be distorted and that even though it feels like I'm dying, even though it feels like I have getting pounded potentially all over my body, like I've just been in a boxing match every day, I'm sore and achy and stiff. And I feel like I'm 85 years old when I get up and do things. It's so hard. And to push through that, some of the things that you were already starting on the way, I would guess that you're probably your fibromyalgia impact score. I would bet we're as well over 70, 80 when you were at the lowest point. And maybe the mindset, maybe you dropped into the 60s. I don't think if I recall you were doing, you were eating probably pretty healthy, but weren't plant-based for the whole time. Is that right? Or That's true. I have done throughout the process since 2014, I was vegan and raw for six months. I was all meat for a while. I was doing everything depending on whose blog I read that said that something could work. But when I started listening to your podcast again is when I really got serious about my diet again. So I ate plant-based. The last time I ate any kind of meat was 2021, a couple of days before I made the phone call in the parking lot to your office. And on top of that, you had started to be active again. Yes. And yes. you and went to a very high level of activity. 
relative to most people who are struggling right now with fibromyalgia and you've maintained that, that can be hard to do. At the time, you had a lot of support from your parents, from your wife who were encouraging you. You settled into a more emotionally supportive environment compared to some of the things that had been going on. Yes, that's true. And it was a combination of two things. It was, at first, I, I, not that I would recommend anybody going zero to 100 like I did, but I'm a zero to 100 person. And it was hard the first few weeks in the gym like that. It was really hard. And I really didn't want to do it. But the reason I did it is that my youngest saw a picture of me before I was sick with my shirt off. And he was like, basically, who's that? And I was always in decent shape, but there was a time when I was much better. And he said, can you do that again? And I said, yeah, I can do that again. And so whenever at the beginning it was really hard, I just thought about him. And that's a great motivator. Sometimes you need something like that outside of your own personal motivation to keep going. Because I think with the symptoms, with anyone that might have similar symptoms to me or otherwise, where you're one interesting thing about the fiber, right, is you can wake up and your hands are sore, but the next day they're not, but your leg is. Oh, wait a minute, but like this is for no reason, right? But every day that it happens, that's the worst thing ever. And then it's, oh my God, what's going on? You're not aware enough to think this has happened seven times and all seven times, three days later, I've moved on, right? You don't put those connections together. So it was really hard at the beginning to get really active and it's gotten much, much easier to do over time, for sure. One term used for that is catastrophizing where everything's more intense and then you can perseverate and get into that cycle of negativity which is often very hard to get out of if you don't have that information and trying to come up with a title for the book conquering your fibromyalgia in one sense it's like putting it in remission and continuing to eat healthy i'm genetically prone to develop diabetes if i don't eat a healthy diet and keep active i might already be diabetic and yet we can put that into remission and if you have that information ahead of time then you just know these are things that i need to do people who are susceptible to fibromyalgia have to have all of these healthy things in balance much more than people who aren't on that bell curve more susceptible just that awareness that's where we will that's where we will finish this episode we will pick up the final that's where we will finish this episode next week we will finish the conversation with adam i hope this story has been inspiring as you work on your journey trying to understand fibromyalgia and related problems maybe you have chronic lyme and this gives you a chance to ponder and reconsider your diagnosis and what the proper attribution of your symptoms may be. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review and share with others. That way, this message of hope can get to more of those who are struggling. Until next week, go Team Vibro.